Welcome to the EAE Podcast. My name is Laura Rumbly. I'm the Associate Director for Knowledge Development and Research at the EAE, and this is episode number 61 in our series. If you're a regular listener, you'll recall that just two weeks ago, we posted a conversation with Tomasz Varga, who serves as Mobility Coordinator for Students with Special Needs and Student Services Advisor at the Tiresias Center, located at Masaryk University in the Czech Republic. We're carrying forward this theme of mobility and special needs students with a second episode today, but this time with a focus on the United States and on matters of data collection. Our guests in this discussion, Julie Baer and Mirka Martel, both work for the Institute of International Education. IIE, as it's commonly known, has more than 100 years of experience administering international education programs, collaborating with a range of foundation, corporate, and government partners in projects focused on strengthening democracy and civil society, and importantly, conducting research on student mobility. Indeed, for many of us, IAE is most well known for its annual Open Doors Report, which is released each November. As we publish this episode on March 1st, 2023, IAE is on the cusp of releasing the results of its 2022 International Students with Disabilities Survey. We caught up in mid-February with IAE's Julie Baer, a research specialist, and Mirka Martel, Head of Research, Evaluation, and Learning, to understand more about this project and its preliminary findings. Mirka and Julie, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us about some very interesting research that you've been doing. IAE, of course, has been collecting student data on mobility for decades. Its annual Open Doors report is a real reference point, both nationally and internationally. Recently, we understand that IAE has been looking into data collection specifically in relation to mobility of students with disabilities. I'd love to know how this new research came about and what IAE's aim was with this exercise. May I ask one of you to pick up, you know, some of the the original story there for us? Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Laura, so much for having us on this podcast. Information around international students with disabilities has always been of interest to us at the Institute of International Education, but also for the Open Doors Project. And really, once we started looking at um, what data is out there, we found that there isn't much, frankly. There is very limited research related to international students with disabilities at U.S. colleges and universities. And so we really had to look at this knowledge gap, which is a pressing issue, because international students with disabilities, much like all students with disabilities, may experience a combination of challenges that may be distinct or maybe the same with with other U.S. students with disabilities. So we thought about this, we understood the need, and we knew that there was a knowledge gap. And so we really decided to design this research study. Um, We were lucky to get the support of the U.S. Department of State and their Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs for this endeavor. Um, And we really were going to look at the current state of data on international students in the United States with disabilities. So there are really three areas that our report focuses on. First, it focuses on what data is out there. So current data on international students with disabilities at U.S. colleges and universities. And then also um, a detailed analysis of the availability of data. So what we did is we went to U.S. colleges and universities and we asked them, would you collect this data? Do you collect this data or do you have this data currently? And also, could you collect this data to really understand, is there the possibility to? 
And finally, what we also asked about is just services and, and how this data could be used or could be valuable to U.S. colleges and universities when it comes to offering support services for international students with disability. Now, before I finish, I'm actually going to pass it over to Julie, because one of the things we really wanted to uh, get clear and wanted to make sure was very clear in our survey was how we were defining both an international student, but also a student with disabilities. So Julie, do you want to share a little bit about those two definitions? Certainly, I'd be happy to. So to allow for direct data comparison, Laura, I know you mentioned open doors. We did use the open doors definition of an international student, um, and that's looking and collecting data on international students enrolled at a U.S. higher education institution. And then as you, as Mirka just noted, um, defining a disability is, was critical for us as well, because there are different definitions of disabilities in the U.S. and worldwide. Um, but given the fact that we are looking at the U.S. context, we did use a definition of a disability based on the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, which includes um, a person who has a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities, has a history or record of such an impairment, or is perceived by others as having an impairment. So those are some of the definitions that we did use in putting together this research. Fantastic. So that provides some really clear information about what you were, what the scope of your inquiry inquiry was about and what you were trying to discover. And of course, I'm, I'm very interested in the, the issue of the challenges of collecting these data. I wonder in the process of doing this work, you know, what kinds of processes and realities you uncovered that are involved in collecting data about internationally mobile students with disabilities? What are we up against when it comes to this work? This is such a great question and one of the key areas that Mirka mentioned that we wanted to explore in this research. And so we started off with acknowledging a couple of very important realities related to this data. And the first is that institutions can only report on international students who do actually disclose that disability. And the other area I would say is that institutional data on students with disabilities is a highly protected um, information, and that's really designed to safeguard that confidentiality of these students. And I think that these challenges would likely be found at any institution, whether that's in the United States, Europe, or other institutions around the world. I think another area I would acknowledge is that collecting this information is an investment. And that's an investment in institutional time and resources, particularly as data can be housed in different departments across a university. But by investing in collecting this data um, and really understanding the data on international students with disabilities, it, it allows institutions to better support these students. And I will say that we found that the, the overwhelming majority of institutions are not just going to leave that data to, to sit on a desk somewhere. They're really planning on using this information to support multiple initiatives across campus. And that includes advocating for, for international students with disabilities, resource planning, advocating for additional resources or staffing needs, or training faculty and staff, among other areas. So even though there are these challenges, um, it's such an important endeavor that institutions are undertaking. So it is very exciting to think about the way that the data can translate into action and to you know, policies and practices that really support in positive ways um, these students. 
before we get there, I had one additional question, you know, about the, the data part of the story. Now that there is a clear sense of some of the key challenges involved in this data collection, I wonder if there are some specific recommendations you've landed on that would ease the way for more effective and systematic and um, more widespread collection of these important data pieces. Exactly. So I'll jump in here and get us started on this. And when we found that you know, as you said, despite these challenges, institutions are really working to sensitively collect that aggregate data that can be shared to support these students. Now, the, the first area that institutions noted to us was that importance of collaboration across departments. So, for example, we just talked about how data can be housed in these different departments. And as such, the overwhelming majority of institutions noted needing to consult with a campus disability resource office. And this, again, is because of the, the data confidentiality and um, restrictions on information that may be housed in a system that only users within a disability office can access. So by collaborating, what we found is that there are protocols that can be established to both protect that individual student information, but also provide that aggregate information. So I, I think I would say in practicality, some of these collaborative processes, you know, what do those look like? Um, and I would say that many institutions indicated that need to cross-reference a list of international students with a list of students registered within a disability office. And this is a, an institutional best practice noted by Mobility International USA, or often referred to as MIUSA. So the uh, practice that um, really allows for that collaboration and transfer of institutional information. And then the other area related to this is, you know, how easily can an institution facilitate that transfer of information? And that can really vary um, based off of the data systems at each given college or university. And so when we talked to U.S. institutions, some, some institutions noted that information would need to be hand combined. This would be a, a very manual process, um, whereas other institutions noted really working with the technology available, um, such as querying institutional databases or um, getting assistance from IT professionals to develop um, queries that could pull this information. Yeah, I think one of the things I will add here, because Laura, you mentioned it, is one of the very uh, exciting things that happens, which is when research actually spurts action or spurts reflection. And what we actually found was that our survey allowed institutions to reflect on these practices, allowed institutions, just the act of the research itself, doing the study. Um, we had institutions who came to us or who responded that this survey or this research had actually made them think further about how they could collaborate across offices, how they could think more critically about their international students with disabilities, how they could collaborate with the disability office regarding services, and how they could kind of uh, streamline these processes further. So it was a great exercise, not only for us to collect this data and to understand what really is the landscape of international students with disabilities in the United States, but it was also an exercise for U.S. colleges and universities to reflect on what their current practice is and how they could either collect this data or also work together to provide services for international students with disabilities. 
It's so gratifying, isn't it? When an idea, you know, to just to explore a question really stimulates action and reflection, as you say, in, in such important areas and in such encouraging ways. It's really great to hear. We are talking about um, a particular context, the United States, and the work that you're doing within the context of IAE, you know, falls in that context. We, and you've mentioned the U.S. Department of State, we understand the Department of State and Mobility International USA are also currently conducting research into potential support services that international students with disabilities might need or benefit from while they study in the U.S. Can you perhaps shed a little light on some of the possible considerations in this area? Certainly. And and this is such an important question because institutions have noted that international students with disabilities may face unique barriers or concerns. And as such, we, we found that U.S. colleges and universities have really reiterated their support for international students with disabilities. So based off of U.S. laws, colleges and universities must provide appropriate and reasonable academic adjustments as necessary for all students who disclose a disability. And that does include international students. And so in order to to better inform international students about all of the supports that are available to them, we found that institutions noted creating websites about disability resources, orientation seminars. Um, They would often set up booths at, say, student services or academic fairs, along with providing resources, um, both in print resources, but also digitally, like websites, as I mentioned, or social media. Um, So institutions are really working to curate information and best practices and and provide these resources to students. I think another area I'll I'll also just note is um, the extent to which U.S. colleges and universities are, of course, taking this seriously. So one of the the big things we found through our research was that there were over 1,600 international students with disabilities in the United States, studying in the United States um, in the 2021-22 academic year. That was from institutions who had this data available and were able to report on it. We think that Um, Of course, this is an undercount and that actually there were many more students and also, of course, that there were these were students with disclosed disabilities Um, and that that is also an undercount because many um, students may may have an undisclosed disability. Um, So there is more work to do here. And one of the things that, again, the research can help kind of um, clarify and also begin a conversation on is that this is a very important population of of international students with disabilities. And and we potentially want to grow this population in order to increase access to higher education for all international students. So it provides an opportunity for awareness and for advocacy. And through the process and, uh, of research and data collection to really understand what this population is, how we can support this population, and what services can be offered. So I think that it is also um, the recommendations from research like this can not only inform um, U.S. colleges and universities, but they can go back to MIUSA. They can go back to the State Department and really bring up some good questions around what else could be out there. I know, Julie, that there are um, several publications and that, that there is a publication that we that we were aware of, and then also some resources from my youth side. I don't know if there are any specific ones you wanted to mention. Certainly, I'd be happy to. 
Um, so MIUSA does support the implementation of the Department of State's National Clearinghouse on Disability and Exchange. And what that um, resource does is it provides resources really designed to increase that participation of people with disabilities in international exchange between the United States and other countries. They have a lot of great resources and tip sheets designed not only for students themselves, but also for institutions working um, with these students. Now, in, a, in addition, I'll also highlight, Mirka mentioned a report. It's called Advising International Students with Disabilities, and it was authored by Corey Owen and published by NAFSA. And that's a, a really excellent resource for practitioners in the field who are actively working with these students and provides the, that plethora of resources and different types of services and accommodations that institutions can be thinking through when they're actually working with these students. It's really helpful to hear about those resources and to know that there is a history to this work. It is not something that just came on the radar with the work that you have done recently. However, your recent research does establish a new baseline, I think, of some information and some understanding about the national picture, at least in, in the U.S. context. As we start from that baseline and look forward to the future, I wonder, um, you know, what stands out for you as recommendations, tips that higher education institutions or agencies thinking about collecting this data or advancing this agenda might be doing? And what are hopes that you have for the future, you know, as we see this, this question of attending to this population evolve? I think we can both probably um, speak to this topic. I think it's it's incredibly important research. Again, issues of access and equity in international education are ones that are not only important to the United States, but important worldwide. So um, really providing support services, providing pathways for international education to all students is incredibly important to the research that we're doing. It also allows us to better understand that not every one international education experience is the same. Different students have different needs. And this also allows us to understand better what are those needs um, and how can colleges and universities, again, not only in the United States, but worldwide, provide support to different students. So I think it's it's an important path and it's an important start, but um, I would advocate for many, many different uh, countries and education systems to take on similar research, uh, because I think it's so critical and important for us to really think about um, what international education will look like in the future and how to ensure that we provide pathways for all students. And I would completely echo what Mirka has to say there. This question is so important because we want to continue to elevate this issue, um, not only here in the United States, but globally. Um, and I think that as we do look to the future of data collection, there does need to be that commitment to sustained research in this and to continue collecting this information. Um, and that's something that we continue to hope to do in the United States. Um, but then as we look at this issue globally, um, to be able to have data collected um, around the world to, to show some continued support for all students accessing higher education opportunities. And I think one of the things we haven't discussed yet, and I think uh, we would be remiss not to not to talk about, is some of the particular challenges that international students with disabilities may face regarding stigma 
and also regarding disclosure of their disability. So um, we actually did ask U.S. colleges and universities in our survey what challenges and barriers international students with disabilities face. And some of the areas that um, you'll be able to read about in our report are regarding the extent to which they have actually been aware of their disability you know, prior to even potentially arriving in the United States for their international student opportunity. If they are aware um, and there is stigma around that disability, uh, the extent to which a student may be comfortable to disclose that disability because they think that it may affect, and again, I'm, I'm talking very specifically in the international education sphere, that it may affect their visa, their scholarship, their international education pathway. So this is when we were talking about kind of the multiplied challenges or barriers that these students may face. Uh, we go through some of these factors in our report. And I think it's important when we think about a, what's next. Um, hopefully research like this can also bring light to an issue and bring light to a population and potentially over time, hopefully also um, release some of the stigma around the possibility of an international student with disability being able to study abroad. Well, the work that you've been doing sounds absolutely fascinating. It will be really exciting to read the report. And of course, matters of inclusion in international education are top of the agenda in Europe as well. So being able to share information and insights in, into what's happening in different contexts is really so incredibly valuable. Thank you so much, Julie and Mirka, for spending time with the EAE today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. That was Julie Baer, a research specialist, and Mirka Martel, head of research, evaluation, and learning, both of the Institute of International Education. Our session notes for this episode provide links to resources of interest in relation to our discussion today about collecting data related to international students with disabilities and recommendations for action flowing from this type of research. We do hope you'll find those suggestions useful. If you're keen to explore some questions connected to the notion of thriving in complexity, you're in luck. Just one week from now, the EAIE Community Summit will be taking up that very theme. Please consider joining us for this highly interactive online event taking place on March 8th and 9th. You'll need to act soon, though, because registration for the Community Summit closes on March 7th. EAIE members can join the Community Summit for free, which is just another great benefit of EAIE membership. Please check out all the information about membership, including the advantages of group membership, by visiting our website. That's www.eaie.org. We appreciate you spending some of your busy time today with the EAIE podcast. I hope you'll tune in again for our newest episode, which drops just two weeks from today. For now, all good wishes to you from the EAIE.